takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Hi, and welcome to the Three Broom Chicks. I'm Jenny. I'm Marianne. And I'm Elizabeth. And today we're talking about Pride Month, but we also Whoa. have a special guest. Woohoo! Special yeah. guest. Hi. Say hi. Hello, I'm the special guest. <gasps> oh. This is Adrian. He's our bestie. He's been Marianne's best friend for like Ooh. centuries. Oh, so, <laughs> so long ago. And me like, and Jenny since friend. high school. Oh, long time, Adrian. Long time. How I are you it. doing? I'm good. I'm good. Happy Pride, everybody. Yay! Happy Pride! Yeah. Yay! I'm very excited. Uh, so, welcome to Pride Month. For those of you who don't know, it's happening. Uh, so we're airing this LGBTQ plus episode in celebration of Pride Month being celebrated in June. Woo. But before we get into the episode, there's lots of stuff we have to address. Wow. So much. So much. Woo. And I'm so unhappy that I have to address this BS, but let's get into it. So obviously, you know that we are American and America is like a hot mess right now for lots of reasons. But let's start with number one. So basically, we think that as a BIPOC run podcast, because we are Latin women, but we are white presenting, we are going to fully acknowledge the Black Lives Matter movement right here, right now. And we firmly yes. stand with it. So if mm -hmm. you don't like it, then you need to educate yourself or you need to leave. But anyways, we wanted to address that right now because it's super important to us because we know that we present with light skin and we have a privilege that many people have not had in this country. So we're going to educate y'all a little bit today. So the world of Harry Potter, we can acknowledge, was lacking in diversity and I've been dying to do an episode on it. But today's not the day. But we will say, although it was lacking in diversity, it taught us a lot of lessons, like how to be a decent human being. And so those <laughs> are some of the things that we're going to touch upon today even though the author who wrote these books is literal human trash, in my opinion. Oh my gosh, but we're gonna amazing. Be on. So if you can be sympathetic to characters of color or different sexual preferences in this book, then you can do it in real life. And we congratulate you for being a good person. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> You're welcome. If you, if you couldn't feel the... <laughs> I feel the tension? The tension. My anger. <laughs> yes, the anger. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that I'm physically hot to the touch right now because I am so upset. Yeah. So everyone is aware, and we'll get into it more in a hot minute. We are recording the day that J.K. Rowling has released her new series of transphobic tweets. No. Yes. So it it's was very fresh. It's very very fresh. Our feelings are very very fresh. So bear with us. But anyways, back to the Black Lives Matters movement, which is the biggest thing happening in the U.S. right now. We will be donating our income from the month of May from our Patreon to the Black Lives Matter movement and other black causes and all that good stuff. Um, we encourage you, if you want to stand with us, um, speak up in any way that you can. Donate in any way that you can. Volunteer in any way and educate yourself. Um, this is all the things that we can do, especially as white presenting people and people with white privilege. We need to make the necessary steps to end racism here in the U.S. and end systemic racism. So please join us. Educate yourselves. We will be sharing stuff. 
on our social medias as we come across resources. So let's get the work done. Heck yes. Thank you. Yes, yes. So let's introduce Adrian for like a second before we get into more things because I have a story for y'all, but it's going to be a minute. Adrian, <laughs> my Hello. fellow Ravenclaw. I am a Ravenclaw. Thanks for acknowledging because the best house. Someone who isn't a basic bish. <laughs> wow. You okay. told the line there, Jenny. A little I bit. Did. I did. <laughs> Elizabeth it's, is like watching you with her eyes. She's like, I know, I know, but it was close. <laughs> it was no cigar. Adrian, <laughs> if you listen to our podcast, you are actually a pretty great fan of ours. You know that we have houses and we have our rising house. What would you say yeah. your rising house is? Ooh, so yeah. My rising house, uh, very easily, is Hufflepuff. Yes, yes. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> right? Like, I, I do not. I am not a Gryffindor, and by no. any means whatsoever. I mean, Slytherin, I, love you, I, I can but... probably have some sort of Slytherin tendencies, but it is it is Ravenclaw through and through, and then Hufflepuff is. I feel like a... we're exactly the same because I we feel like are. my rising is Hufflepuff too. I would say that that is the only other house other than the stupid Facebook quizzes that like I've actually been sorted into. But everything on Facebook just puts me in Gryffindor. So can I be honest with you about my houses right now? So like, I took. A million quizzes and stuff when I was younger. Every single time came in Ravenclaw. I have not taken a quiz in like several years because I'm afraid of becoming anything that's not a Ravenclaw. Stop it. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm a Ravenclaw, but I don't want anyone else to tell me otherwise. Otherwise. Yeah. I well, I mean, that feeling because I'm also petrified of the same thing happening to me. Didn't it happen to you, Joe? To yes. you, Jenny? Though, like, yes. so on the po- not the original Pottermore, but like the secondary original Pottermore, I was a Ravenclaw every single time except for once when I was sorted into Hufflepuff, and then the trash that is Pottermore now, like the Wizarding World app, sorted me into Gryffindor, and I selected the NASA, and I'm still a Ravenclaw button, <laughs> and so that's still my house. I don't care what anyone says. I have all the merch to prove it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you two are pretty big Ravenclaw people. If I had to yeah. pick you guys out on a crowd, I would say Ravenclaw. And you both are wearing blue today. Both yeah. are wearing blue. I was going to say, Adrian's headphones kind of have like a blue light going on. They do. They, they do. do. Wow. They do. It's like, I would okay. have worn my Ravenclaw shirt, but I wore it yesterday because I thought we were going to record yesterday. I'm so yeah. now it's dirty. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, couldn't, I was also going to wear my Ravenclaw shirt, but I couldn't find it. I also have a Ravenclaw sweater, but it is too hot for that because I live in Florida. Yep. yep. Florida. All um, right. That Adrian. was actually a shout out to another podcast. <gasps> yes. Florida oh, man. my God. Florida man. <laughs> oh, yeah. FMO FM. Take a listen to them. They're really cool. All right, Adrian, how did you get into Harry Potter? Oh, my how God, with the accents. <laughs> I mean, she hasn't done it in a while. Yeah. Thank you. How did I get into Harry Potter? So, um, I actually first read Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Hey! What? Yeah. Right? No. So that book was just like in my house. I think my dad got it just like, hey, this looks interesting. And then he like never read it. He was like, yeah, maybe you'll <laughs> like it. And I had already seen the first movie. So I read that book saw Chamber of Secrets in theaters, 
Nice. And I was like, oh my god, I remember like her mining turning into a cat. This is so cool. I should read the rest. And then I didn't read the rest. <laughs> I read, so I started eventually reading them like in middle school. Like they were like some of the books that we can get in the library there. Yes. That's but I started. I, I think I, I think the next one I read was like Goblet of Fire. Oh and my I was God, like, it all was jumping so around. Out of order. Yes, I'm already got, upset tonight. Why are you listen, doing this? Me too. As a fellow Ravenclaw, I was upset too. So I got mad at myself and read them all from beginning to end before Deathly Hollows Part One came out. Amazing. Amazing. I'm just glad because, as we mentioned before, me and Adrian have been like besties since first grade. And we literally read, used to read the same books because we got them from the same library. Yep. Like, that's how I read the Harry Potter books is from that said library. So <laughs> very important information. <laughs> I'm just so happy to finally find someone who read Chamber of Secrets first, like me. Like I always felt like a rare unicorn. This should but... not be a thing though. But like I had already seen the movie. Good. I was young. I had already seen the first movie. So I was like, I can pick this up. I don't know more or less what's happening. You were young and dumb. Yep, I didn't know half the characters because Peeves. I was like, "Who's Peeves? He's not in the movies." That's right. She doesn't really do much of an exposition on Peeves. Like later on. Oops. Oops. They did Peeves dirty in the movie. And I. Oop. Oh yeah. And I oop. All right. So Adrian, um, are you willing to disclose your sexual orientation for us or yes, for our so listeners? This sounds I, like a super illegal job interview. Right. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know how a, else to go about this. <laughs> I am a gay man. Yeah. Uh, cisgender, so I identify as male. And yeah. I am homosexual. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. So how do you feel as someone at a part of the LGBTQ plus community reading Harry Potter did you identify with any characters? Did you feel like left out? Could you not relate? What's the story? So um, as an LGBT person, which um, I just want to clarify, I do not speak for the LGBT to LGBT plus community. That is hard to say. It is. <laughs> um, I don't speak for the entire community. My opinions are my own and my own only, um, especially because I can only speak in the perspective of a gay man and not um, a trans man or any other um, term that comes in that umbrella of LGBTQ+. As a gay man reading the Harry Potter books, I didn't really feel the need. I didn't really see myself too much in a lot of the characters. Um, looking back after reading all of them, I can see where some of them can sort of symbolize um either the fact of being gay or something along those lines, such as everything else in the LGBTQ uh, community. Um, but it wasn't really until after I looked back and not really as I was reading it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Kind of more, I can kind of place pieces into the books uh, after the fact. Yeah. I think okay. that that's something that is perfect that we're going to tie into a little bit later. Because I feel like J.K. Rowling has a really problematic history with adding stuff on to her work as canon and i mean i really am gonna get into it later but i feel like it's problematic that she goes back and says these things because there's really no way to reconcile them with what she's given us in the 
canonical? Canonical? The canon. Canonical. Sure. The canon. Let's canon. <laughs> the canon, okay? But we'll get there. Yeah. Well, thank you, Adrian. We're so excited to have you. Um, we invited Adrian here today because we are three heterosexual, cisgendered women. We can only speak on our experiences as such. And, you know, even though we are very fierce allies with the LGBTQ plus community, we do need someone who's at least in the community to help us with this episode. And as a Adrian did say, he can only speak on his experience as a homosexual cisgendered man. We, you know, we hope we touch upon a lot of the feelings and that, you know, people in the community experience and know that we stand with you and know that especially as heterosexual women, we can be corrected. Maybe some things we're saying are wrong. I'm still learning every day. And so, please, we are always open to education and criticism. So, help us out here. We might need to bring back our corrections tab after this episode. Heck, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. TBT. Which Adrian used to be a regular TBT. contributor to, a.k.a. Yeah, a Ravenclaw. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, though. <laughs> it was like right. almost after every episode, he'd be like, guys, this Actually. is the fact. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> it was great. All right. Moving into our owl post. Hi, Deranger. How are you, dear? Bebe. She's Bebe. here. Should we release her out of quarantine? Should she fly and spread her wings? No. Not yet. She's not flying until I fly. <laughs> well? Well, that's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Oh. Uh, Poor Hydrangea. But anyways, thank you, Idranja, for coming in and bringing in our outpost, per, per usual. Mm -hmm. Our outpost, um, our first is from our patron, Andrin. Ah. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Andrin? Kind of wish we were in Switzerland right now with you. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie. I kind of wish I was anywhere but America. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> I right. think that was Marianne's uncomfortable meter. She was like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> That happens a lot. As yeah. You'll see probably in this episode. As Marianne gets uncomfortable, she'll start singing at higher and higher pitches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Andrew, he his outpost for this episode, he basically came um, and gave us like a little bit of a background of the Harry Potter community in Switzerland and in Germany, which yes! I didn't know was so like small. I guess it's he's, he's painting a pretty like small and tight knit, which I think is really cool. Um, but basically he's saying like he personally himself is not a part of the community, but from the moment he got into the German and Swiss Harry Potter community, he was blown away by how welcoming and open nearly everyone is. Um, the German community is actually built around um, probably the biggest speaking HP YouTuber. Um, his Username is daglip underscore lbh. Mm. I, I don't speak German. I will not butcher that. Um, and there's like organized groups for this community. And they have like WhatsApps and like talk to each other, which I think is what's astounding. We need to do this. Yeah. And there's, there's people from every age, every gender, sexuality, religion, and everyone is totally okay with it. You oh. know, so many people have come out within the community and feel understood, feel taken care of. 
Um, and Andrew did say he doesn't know mm. if he would be so open-minded if he didn't consume Harry Potter as heavily as he did. And what a concept. He <laughs> does say that, um, and this is before her tweets today, all of that makes the way JKR has taken like all her viewpoints um, hurt him even more. Happy Pride Month. And now it's the was, end of his hell post. This is really going nice. to be your first reminder because there will be several throughout the episode and I will keep count. But reminder number one, that JK is real human trash. Moving on. Next outpost, please. Thank you, Anjan, for sharing that. That was actually really sweet. That really was really that. sweet. And it was honestly so, like, heartwarming. I was just like, this sounds like a beautiful place. Like, I think yeah. everyone should live there. That's, oh, my God. It sounds so good. I actually had us follow um, the German YouTuber. Obviously, everything is in translations because we don't speak German or even mm -hmm. a lick of it. I speak <laughs> a little bit. Wow. I can okay. say, like, hello. <laughs> I can say hello. <laughs> like what? I could also say good morning. You're welcome, oh, everybody. I think that's thanks to Raul's dad. No, <laughs> I went to Germany. Hello. That was a joke for Adrian. Oh. Well, that's not fun. <laughs> You're not fun, Jenny. Whoa. 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 Anyway, say that in German. Before we jump into the second outpost, really quick, I will like to comment on the fact that he did say that he doesn't feel like he would be so open if he didn't consume Harry Potter so heavily. And mm -hmm. I think that's actually a similar sentiment across Her the Harry Potter community is. Yeah. We are open-minded because of the words that this woman wrote. Ugh. Yeah. And so this is what makes everything going on even more frustrating. The tea Actually, wasn't it like a scientific paper that came out and said that people who read Harry Potter in their youth grew up to be more empathetic and understanding of others? I think you are correct. I think so I, I, think I remember it. Hashtag so facts. Okay, I was going to say hashtag allegedly, but let's I know. Hashtag facts. I remember, I remember seeing stuff like yeah. that, too. No, and it came up on my feed this week. It's a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Okay. It's a thing. <laughs> All right. Our second outpost is from underscore puff underscore heart underscore. Lots of underscores. Mm -hmm. uh, but basically, puff heart says, Ginny and Luna, Wolfstar. I don't know what this is. Please enlighten so, me. I think she was saying like she ships Ginny and Luna. Uh -huh. Which honestly had never occurred to me. Ooh. Honestly, super about it. It's a big but thing I, in the it's a big thing in the Harry Potter community. I had I've no been, idea. I had an idea just because with this quarantine situation, I've been living on Tumblr a lot more. Amazing. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of it. I've, I've seen a lot of Ginny and Luna and Wolfstar. Wolfstar has been around. Oh, that's been around forever. Uh, for a very long time. Yeah. Very long and time. And I've got to say that, honestly, if this came out in book form, I would be first in line to purchase it. Because all of the Tumblr text posts give me so many feels. Just head <laughs> to the tag and cry with me. Okay, can you guys give a background on both of these things? One, for our listeners who have no idea of what you're talking about, and also for your co-host that has no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Wolfstar is Remus and Sirius shipped together as one. Yes, because um, if you – it's Wolfstar is based off of the etymolo etymology of their names. So hey. uh, Star represents Sirius, and then Wolf obviously represents uh, Remus. 
And then Ginny and Luna is pretty much as you, as you know it. It's just pretty – it's like people have just have looked into their relationship and um, have kind of seen that it's been more so of a friendship than – more of a friendship than just a friendship, if that makes sense. Hmm. Interesting. More than just friends. Uh, that's basically what it is. I mean – I never see like I never saw it initially, both for both ships, like Ginny and Luna and for Wolfstar. Um, like for Wolfstar specifically, I just really always loved the idea of Remus and, and Nymphadora. Um, don't call me Nymphadora. Um, Remus and uh Dora Tonks, whatever you want to call her. Um, I always liked them together, but really? I I mean I did, but also I am speaking from my like experience i am a heterosexual woman so that i'm gonna see characters heterosexual first because i'm gonna like look for someone to relate to um so i never like saw myself until i was on like the tumblr community back in the day and people would bring it up and i'm like oh my god like there is something there um so i'm not like uh, like we'll start for life not like people like that are like <laughs> remind me for life and stuff like that but I can see it and I appreciate it just like I appreciate Ginny and Luna because I do really enjoy that. Like, I guess and specifically why Ginny and Luna have kind of like uh, branched off and popped up and been gaining so much momentum is that they kind of like balance each other out. And like Ginny was always kind of like Luna's friend, even though other people didn't mm -hmm. really find her or like essence as like beautiful as, like, you know, the rest of the world does. Like, everyone was like, Looney, Looney love good, whatever. But Jenny never just said that or saw Luna like that. So I think a lot of people loved that about them and kind of found something deeper from that relationship. Um, so I kind of, like, I see it and I appreciate it. Was it my first, like, thought? Absolutely not. I'm going to be honest. But I like it. <laughs> I but, I just, like it. but I also have to say, like, like deeply i ship all the things like, <laughs> oh my god i cannot begin to explain to you how deeply marianne will ship something i can be like <laughs> yes. wow guys like look at this really cute cardboard box this gift came in and marianne will be like i ship you with it yeah like for yeah. real like I, it's not even a joke guys like i'm not we're not being dramatic here i ship everything i don't know if it's marianne know is a serial shipper Yes. Yeah, I am. Yes. I am. I feel like because this is and I swear this is how real life is. If <laughs> I if I want some like if I have a crush or like something is going on and I need support in that moment, I will text Marianne. I'll be yes. like, Marianne, like this guy, blah, 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 blah. She'll be like, oh, I ship it. But if I need realism and real life, I will text Elizabeth and I'll be yeah. like, no, Elizabeth, here's what's going on. And Elizabeth will literally sit me down and be like, your life is not a romantic comedy. This is not <laughs> going to work. You are a serial shipper, though. I am, honestly. And that Amazing. you're absolutely true. And this, okay. is, this is why I'm here. So just before we end the owl post, because I'm super, I really am into the Wolfstar stuff because I used to see a lot of stuff on Tumblr about it. And it's so angsty and rich yeah. so if yeah. anybody has any wolf star like fanfic or something I, can you just please dm us please so that i can <laughs> it? because i really want to thank you oh there is so much we're gonna get like an influx of dms i hope so because i want to read all the things that's amazing adrian yeah. do you ship wolf star a hundred percent that is yes! one of the biggest ships that i can definitely see happening in the Harry oh, yeah. universe i'm telling oh, you amazing. it was real Amazing. 
Okay. It's one Thank of the most you. real relationships that it like, is. Yeah. That, because Sirius Black is literal magic. Honestly, <laughs> love, love that man. Well, we'll actually talk more about Sirius a little bit later in the episode because he comes up quite a bit in the theories of his sexuality. I don't remember that in the episode. I'm very excited <laughs> to listen to it. Okay, so our next segment, obviously, is We've Gone Mental. But Ooh. I really thought that it was appropriate that we just don't do it this segment because literally all of the United States has gone mental and uh, I yeah. can't handle anyone else doing it. Hashtag yeah. facts. So, that's the end of that segment. <laughs> Hashtag facts. Hashtag political themes. <laughs> all right. So now we are going to start the actual episode. Ooh. I will just like to let you know there's going to be a lot of education. There's going to be a lot of knowledge that is dropped unto you. So much. For anybody who's out there listening to this, I will have you know that I did major in anthropology, but when I transferred to the school where I actually graduated, they didn't have the biological side of things, so I had to take cultural anthropology classes, and your girl's basically an expert in sex and gender. So I'm ready to pop off. Amazing. We're going to start with J.K. Rowling's problematic beep 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 twitter history because elizabeth <laughs> won't let me curse yes so let's take you back to a couple of months ago when i swore that i would never ever like this woman ever again i didn't know a lot about jk rowling but i always had like an iffy feeling about her because i think she like sued some fans once or something like that and ever since then like i hadn't really liked her but i never really paid attention to anything she did and i never had a twitter before this podcast so i didn't know the things but now I know. <laughs> so I'm going to educate everybody. Way back when, a woman named Maya tweeted on her personal Twitter account that, and I quote, men cannot change into women, end quote. And then, I mean, like, if you're already face palming, welcome to the party. <laughs> so she was consequently fired from her job. And then J.K. Rowling, for apparently no reason, stood in support of this woman. And she said that this woman was stating that sex is a real thing get angry now so <laughs> i literally wrote in the notes as an anthropology major who spent the majority of school studying sex and gender i now feel it is my duty to give you some information one sex refers to the biological sex of a human being which p.s there's more than two of them there two. are six thank viable you elizabeth six viable combinations of the XY chromosome. And as, since we're educating, let's educate you. There's XY, <laughs> a nor like a uh, man, quote unquote. There is XX, <laughs> the typical presenting female. Now we have X, just X. And then there's XXY. Uh, just X is Turner syndrome. And then XXY is, oh, this is also a German word. Kleinofelter <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> then there's xyy and then there's xxx no what three x's sorry xx yeah i said it right xxxy so if you consider the fact that there are seven billion people in this earth that means that there is at least tens of millions of people that are not the traditional male and female chromosome combination so it is not as rare as people think so we need to acknowledge all of those people <laughs> i'm smiling in case no, you can't see so me 
Okay, so I just I feel like I am stewing. So I will also have you know that in several states in the United States of America, within 24 hours of your child being born, you must assign them a sex on their birth certificate. It is literally the law because they like to govern our bodies here a lot. It's like a thing that we do. But anyways, so if you don't do it within the first 24 hours of that child being born, like let's say you don't know what's going on, it doesn't matter because then you're doing illegal stuff and they make you put something down on the paper. Now, you might be like, oh, Jenny, sex is a spectrum of wonderful things going on. Why can't they just pick something on the spectrum? Well, that's because America is dumb and we only have two things on the spectrum and they don't fit everybody. And it makes me mad. But now we're going to move on into gender. Gender, also a spectrum, refers to the way that a person identifies with themselves. So the next time that I see somebody confusing these two things, I'm just going to play them this part of the episode because they're commonly like used in place of one another and they are not the same thing. You can be a biological male who identifies with the female gender. You can be a biological female who identifies with the male gender. Understand it. Listen to it. Live it. Love it. (laughs) So anyways, having these two options is hella problematic. Sex and gender can be thought of as a sliding scale. That's what I mean when I say spectrum, because it's dumb to think that all these people would just fit into two boxes, but whatever. (laughs) Labels. Why are we putting each other in labels? Exactly. So back to the tweet. Within a couple of hours, the author's name of this tweet was trending number one on Twitter alongside JK Rowling is a turf. It's like my favorite thing ever. So a TERF, T-E-R-F, is an acronym for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. So the term was coined actually in 2008 by Viv Smith and is prominently used in the LGBTQ plus community and beyond to refer to liberal feminists whose activism includes the rights of, or I'm sorry, excludes the rights of trans women. Yep. So uh, one of her mystery novels that like characterizes a trans woman, I guess, like in the actual literature is um, like they characterize that person as unstable and aggressive. And it also includes I'm sorry, this is like a trigger warning, but it also includes a rape joke that's directed at the trans character. So obviously, like she is super problematic. She's super transphobic. And everybody is just like, okay, like this lady's fine. And it really bothers me. She also liked a tweet way back in the day. And the author of that tweet said, and I quote, women, these trans women are just men in dresses, end quote. Ooh, I'm so mad. It's a lot to unpack. It's very a lot to unpack. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing the mystery novels were the casual vacancy and that's and that series? No, no, wouldn't it have been the stuff that she penned under Robert Galbraith? Or yeah, whatever? that's it. Oh, yeah, Casual Vacancy. Did oh no, she Casual more? Casual Vacancy is actually under her pen name, yeah. and it is a mystery novel. But then there's the Robert mm, No Galbraith. Sé qué, I forgot his name. Gail Galbraith or Galbraith or something Some, like that. Something like that. Um, but yeah, this is first of all. I am probably more personally heated than, you know, a typical off the block, like off the street heterosexual woman, because my best friend is a trans woman 
and I love her to death. I was a, I was thankful to be included in a huge part of her transition, and she's a fan of Harry Potter. And basically, all of this feels to me like you're attacking my best friend. And for anyone who knows me, I am also a very strong Hufflepuff rising. And then the Gryffindor in me is like, if you attack my best friend, I am a loyal be with an itch and i will i i will i will cut people i will cut people and that says a lot because i idolized this woman for like 24 25 years i truly did and this all happening in my 26th year of life is like earth shattering <laughs> thank god i never got her handwriting tattooed on my body because i was thinking about it <gasps> no. i was thinking That's about right. it so Thank God it didn't happen because I would have had to have that removed or covered. So Whew. I want to move into some more educational things so that we can get the bulk of that out of the way. I'm going to now introduce you to a topic called intersectionality because it's hella important. So a lot of people complained that this, this backlash that this woman was receiving, they were like, oh my God, but like, this is feminism. Like, how are you firing this lady? Like what? And I just want to remind people that this was not feminism, like, at all, because it wasn't intersectional. So this was feminism, right, just for a specific group of women. And it's so intersectionality is obviously when things cross paths. So as a trans woman, you have one story. As a black trans woman, you're going to have another story. As a white woman, you have a story. As a white gay woman, you might have a story. Like, all of these things, they affect your life in different ways. So I like to think of it as like ingredients being added to something. Like it's not just one thing that affects you. It's many, right? So you have to think of it as like the whole picture. And I hope I'm doing that definition justice because I had to read several peer-reviewed articles on this and we spent like a whole semester studying it. So it's very hard to condense it into like 10 seconds. <laughs> but uh, basically it's like that type of feminism really at its root is for white women. And is, it's super exclusionary and it's wrong. And that's just what I'm going to say. Also, at the time that this tweet was published, she followed 11 anti-trans activists on Twitter. So following and supporting these people in my eyes makes you complicit in their ignorance. And you're just as bad as those people if you're following suit. All right. So to me, like she's the same trash that they are. Okay, before we move on to today's atrocities, let's vent out our feelings about December's atrocities before we move on. Go ahead. Adrian. So I think it's really problematic using the phrase sex is real because that's it's Yeah. The way it's worded itself is very almost like the opposite like the the counter argument is supposed to be that sex does not exist and that's yeah. not the case obviously sex is real it is it is a real thing just the way that it is perceived has has changed science changes we discover new things we used to think that sex was male female and that's it but with science we learn we grow we we educate ourselves so I don't know, saying sex is real just feels so problematic because it, it's, again, it's it's obviously real. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. there. And yeah. I don't think anybody is arguing against that. Like, I always tend to say that, like, it, and in this life, 
really, I truly know nothing. Like, truly. Like, I know nothing. Like, I barely know my name. You so, know nothing, Jon Snow. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, so I know, at least, like, from what I've come across when it comes to people, you know, fighting for trans rights and stuff like that, I've never once heard somebody argue that sex was never, like, real. Like, I've never heard that argument before until, you know, all these, like, controversial and obviously rightfully wrong things that J.K. Rowling has been saying and doing. And it's just, like, I agree. It's problematic. Like, because I would hate, and I think, I'm hopeful because I think the Harry Potter community is a little bit wiser, um, especially since a lot of us are uh, tend to be on the older side of the fandom. Um, <laughs> but... I just worry that there are people that are getting into the Harry Potter community that are young and impressionable and they see that and they kind of learn from that. And I hope that isn't the case, which I don't think it is. I think we live in, in such a different world than what we might've grown up with. Like if I think if it would have been different if she would have said those things when we were younger, we were a lot more impressionable and we weren't, uh, didn't have as much access to, you know, people that were fighting for these causes. We didn't have access to as much social media as we do and internet and stuff like that. And like, just because of what I've seen, like obviously everything going on in the world, but also, you know, being able to work with like high school students nowadays, like I can kind of see that they don't really, um, take that information like they they have the initiative to kind of research a little further before they start like believing everything mm -hmm. um and as you know as like sometimes i'm just like guys like you can't also believe everything you read on the internet sometimes like that obviously has its issues um and especially being a teacher you know god everything's on the internet for like cheating and stuff but like as a as a person i'm kind of glad to see that 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 um people don't just kind of stop at one um, person and kind of believe everything they say and they kind of try to educate themselves a little bit deeper. Um, mm -hmm. So that's my only thing. Like I, I just, I hope that people listening out there are, and, and that are young and like ha are just being exposed to this for the very first time, um, kind of just like look into this a little deeper because even for me, like I didn't know anything about science. Like I said, I know nothing about anything. I know nothing about nothing. So I didn't even know that there were six biological sexes until today when we were talking about it before the episode. So I think it's just, it's very important to stay open-minded. And luckily enough, like, I think a lot of us kind of learned that from Harry Potter. So yeah, I don't know, man. I think like That's at the I time that she wrote Harry Potter, like in the nineties in the and even in the early 2000s, she was very progressive for her time, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that I feel like point. she's she hasn't kind of continued educating herself and changing her opinions, yeah. which is a very good thing to do. You're allowed to change your opinion. Mm -hmm. and, and I do. That kind of relates to my pen later, which is nice. So keep that in mind. Yeah, like it's, it's okay to have been wrong at one point. Mm -hmm. And that's what all this new, all these new discoveries are for. It's to educate yourself and you know form new ideas because of them mm -hmm. okay so i don't think that there's any shame in getting access to new information or educating yourself and then changing your opinion i think that's the way to do things where i do think there's shame is when we have access to all this information and this new education and you're not doing the work 
yeah. to change that opinion or to be more progressive or to be more open or inclusionary. I think that's mm-hmm. where you fall into the shame category. It's willful, willful ignorance. Yeah. yeah. This is your third reminder that JK is human trash. Just so you know. There's so many more coming at you. There's like right so now. many more coming up. Ooh. Okay. Are you guys oh, ready to... Let me tell the story, bro. I never told the story. Okay. Wow. Okay. What story? <laughs> so I told you guys I was going to do this. So if you're following our podcast or you have been for quite some time, then you know that we are the Curse Podcast and bad things happen to us all the time. All the time. <laughs> so... We were supposed to record this episode actually two other times, but the first time I had to text and I had to cancel for the first time ever and I felt like trash, but I had my first ever migraine and I swear I was in bed from like, I don't know, the previous night until like five o'clock the next day. Like I couldn't move. I couldn't open my eyes. It was, I felt so sick. It was disgusting. And I was like, Elizabeth, what's wrong with me? And she was like, Jenny, you have a migraine. And I was like, I don't know what that is. So I was so upset. So I texted everybody and I was like, it's okay. You can laugh. And and I was like, guys, I feel bad. We're going to have to cancel. I can't do this with a migraine. I can't be on tonight. And everybody was like, Jenny, fam, it's fine. We'll do it on whatever day we chose next. I think it was Friday or Saturday. Friday. 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 So then... Friday comes. I'm pumped. I'm like, we're going to talk about this. It's going to be a fun time. And then Elizabeth was like, yo, fam, we can't do this tonight. I have a migraine. And yep. I was like, what are the chances? I know. I thought so this was like some witchcraft, honestly. Immediately, I-, I texted Elizabeth and I was like, I'm super sorry that you're like feeling sucky. But oh my God, there's a curse. I was like, there's no way that this isn't like some brujeria happening right now. So for brujeria is witchcraft in Spanish for everybody who's not Spanish speaking. But then so we had to cancel again. And I was like, guys, this is so sad. Like, I feel like we had all this momentum. Like we were so excited. And look at us now. And then today, approximately like six hours ago, JK Rowling, this is your fourth reminder, showed us that she is human trash for like, I don't know, the 17,000th time. Elizabeth, I'm going to let you handle the rest of that one. All right. So we are to today. And this is where I think our cursed fortune actually worked in our favor. Yeah. So JK Rowling, we are currently recording at 1130 at night in the U.S. She tweeted this out five hours ago. And I'm going to spit out all the facts because we have them with us today. It's amazing. The hashtag facts. The hashtag facts. (laughs) I was like, what? Did I misspeak? (laughs) No, you didn't. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so five hours ago, um, quick math. This is about like six o'clock-ish our time, which that means it was around this time in the UK, 11-something at night. And now, like, the whole world is pretty much still kind of quarantined. So I know, like... JK Rowling is not like out and about, you know, doing stuff. She's probably at home. And this is what has led me to believe that she is probably drunk off of her mind because she does not normally reply to people like this. <laughs> she's usually just makes like one blanket statement like she did with the Maya tweet and then just like stay silent for like three months because she knows what she's 
I'm pretty sure she's aware that she caused like a mayhem and then she just goes silent. But today she's not silent. And it's great tea. <laughs> so she tweeted out um, a article that is basically creating a more equal post CC. So I guess like post like coronavirus, whatever, um, for people who menstruate. And it was specific to people who menstruate. So basically, in her eyes, just the typical female cisgendered XX chromosome person, excluding all the other females in the world out there. Harry Potter Twitter goes mad. Everyone starts calling her out. And she replies back to a now deleted tweet I did not have the fortune of reading this tweet before it was deleted. She replies back to this tweet saying that she has spent much of the last three years reading books, blogs, and scientific papers by trans people, medics, and gender specialists. I know exactly what the distinction is. Never assume that because someone thinks differently, they have no knowledge. I'm pretty sure someone was trying to call her out on the fact that sex and gender are two different things and even then sex is a spectrum as we said there's six different sexes and we love to exclude at least four of them who knows what science will bring about with the sex debate she then likes to then promote her views and says that the lesbian women in her life are like totally agreeing with her and that you know women who menstruate have been at the fallout of all this da, 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 da. she's basically just trying to find people who agree with her and she's retweeting them and replying to them <laughs> and then i love twitter and obviously everyone starts calling her a turf again because yes. she's being a freaking turf like that's <laughs> what she is and can i read you a very appropriate tweet right now go ahead just based on what you're talking about it's from at Katie Heaney. I retweeted it on our Twitter with a lot of coffin boxes because I was D.E.D. dead. She <laughs> said, turfs are so pathologically obsessed with their periods. My God, it's not eighth grade anymore. And I died. <laughs> oh. I died. Okay, Amazing. I'm sorry. Continue. Amazing. So um, a person replied to her and and said, Takes one turf to know another, I guess. <laughs> and she replies, feminazi, turf, bitch, witch, times change. Women hate is eternal. Oh, my God. <sighs> the okay. only person woman hating is you. I'm, I'm about like. I can't. And then she obviously and this is all happening within the same hour by the way which is what is leading me to believe that she is drunk or something because this is a lot of tweeting for this woman like a lot i don't think yeah. that she's drunk i think and this is your fifth reminder that she is human trash i i i think the alcohol is releasing her human trash because for yeah. the most part she has <laughs> kept it to herself to herself or at least like kind of to herself for the betterment of like 20 years of Harry Potter. So this woman is not dealing with quarantine well and she's drunk and she's drunk tweeting. So she goes on to a series of tweets and I will quote them for you all today. If sex isn't real, 
There's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. The idea that women like me, who've been empathetic to trans people for decades, feeling kinship because they're vulnerable in the same way as women, i.e. to male violence, hate trans people because they think sex is real and has lived consequences, is a nonsense. I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. (sighs) Huh? (laughs) And she shares another article. Um, from the Velvet Chronicle is an anonymous letter from a terrified lesbian, again, promoting her, um, very same viewpoints that apparently we're erasing sex and saying women aren't real. I don't understand. I can't, I can't, I can't wrap my head around this madness. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean... Honestly, her tweets don't make sense to me either. For somebody who's penned, like, lots of books, she could do better at writing tweets. (laughs) Maybe that's why she has editors. I mean, honestly, it might just be, like, an intentional thing where she's trying to, like, justify it, but she's not trying to be super out there. I don't even know what she's trying to do, but, like, she might just be, like, intentionally confusing. True. And can you really argue with her? Because you don't know what she's saying. I don't know. It. I think for me, it's just very disappointing. Um, what really, like, not set me off in the way that, like, Jenny is set off. But, like, I think what makes me, like, really disappointed in her is, like, that really, that first tweet. And she's just like, someone help me out. Like, try to help me figure out what that word was. Like, uh for people who menstruate like and then she i'm literally like i have the quote uh the the quote the tweet in front of me and she just put like wombin wimp wimpund woomud like clearly kind of just like taking this word and insinuating the word women but i think just reading this tweet is so passive aggressive and there's always especially when it comes to something it could be controversial, but something that's important and should be spoken about and should be talked about. If you want to be taken seriously, why don't you just say it, right? Like it doesn't help when you come across now also belittling somebody else and just like speaking in that manner. That doesn't help anyone. Like that intention behind there, I I don't see a good intention by it. Doesn't matter if you feel that you are so so right in your way, then why can't you say it in a better way to help people understand, right? Like, and that's not giving her any excuse on her viewpoint because I don't agree with her, but I just feel like be the bigger person 
if you really did feel that way. So it just makes it this whole situation even worse for me because not only do I not agree with you, but you're also taking the same route as some of the leaders in our country, I'm not going to say names, would probably take their tweets and make them try to feel other, like the way they, they want to belittle and ostracize other groups of people with their tweets. So, yes. I'm sad because Marianne is talking about the freaking president of the United States and his Twitter feed. <laughs> I, 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 I think that I just can. because like that's a big reason why people don't like his Twitter feed I is know. because the way that he speaks to people is so as the leader of our country, you shouldn't Listen, be talking to people like that. I can't so, even deal that we're talking about the president and his tweets. Like that was never a sentence I thought I would utter when I was podcast. in history <laughs> class in middle school. But anyways, if that's neither here nor there, we're not here to get hashtag political. We're here to get hashtag well, well, sort of, but not in that way. Not in that way, right? But it's like it's it shouldn't even be political. It should just be like I don't know, be a decent person. So J.K. Rowling said in the in the tweet earlier today, um, if sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased, and that's another very very problematic way of explaining things. That, that's one of her problems is that the way she's saying things. Mm-hmm. Um kind of implies a huge counter-argument, and it's not the case. Uh, Sumter replied on her Twitter, um, one, sex is real. Two, the gender binary is not. Three, gender is a spectrum, and trans people and cis are on that spectrum. Four, expansion isn't erasure. So that being said, to kind of summarize that, especially that fourth point, expansion isn't erasure, just because there is more than just male female um it doesn't mean that they don't exist they are very much true cisgender is on there um transgender is on that spectrum as well as far as the the gender spectrum um so it's it's problematic that she thinks that she's getting rid of females by saying that sex isn't real which again that's not an argument sex is very much real Mm mm-hmm it's the erasure part that she feels so yeah. strongly that she thinks she needs to explain, which it's mm-hmm. that's not the case. Mm-hmm. No one I even think is fighting on her her on that, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was like my main argument. It's like no one is saying that women like us, like the three hosts of this podcast don't exist and that our feelings and our experiences aren't valid. They are like women in general even white women white presenting women like we are we have been discriminated against for the majority of history but and we're not erasing any of that pain that comes with it but if you're talking about women's rights you need to cover all women and the fact that you are not considering a trans woman a true woman just because she cannot menstruate means that you are uneducated Because the trans women that I have in my life and the trans women that I have interacted are sometimes even more women than I am. And if I have to include them in any rights for me, for women everywhere. And I think that's it's it's just very problematic. But to wrap this up, um, I want to shout out a uh, LGBTQ plus dominant podcast called The Gaily Prophet. 
Hey. If you have not heard of them, if you have not listened to them, go over and subscribe to them. But really quick, jump on over to their Twitter because they are giving us actionable things that we can do during this time in order to support our trans brothers and sisters for basically being attacked right now. Um, so one of the things that we can do, and I normally don't participate in cancel culture, like that's not something I do, but I feel like I'm going to make an exception in this, um, because I, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of emotions today, but basically they, uh, released out a guide to canceling JK Rowling while still keeping Harry Potter, the fandom, like we don't want you to ignore Harry Potter and not read any more Harry Potter and not enjoy Harry Potter just because the author has showcased that she has very biased views. We've talked about it before in this podcast. Once the canon is written, it is yours. You can put onto it whatever you need to. It belongs to you. Outside of what she says on these pages is irrelevant to what is written on those pages. And basically, part of what they're promoting for us to do is just stop giving her money in any way, shape, and form. If you already own the Harry Potter books and you already own the Harry Potter movies, don't buy any more versions and copies and all that good stuff. Don't buy the most updated movie releases. Um, try not to go to the Wizarding Worlds. Try to... Um, Stop giving her money. Like, try not to go to the play if you don't need to go to the play. I mean, if you genuinely want to see the play because, you know, you need to see the cursed child as part of, like, the story, that's something you need to do. Every person has the right to make their own individual choices on how they're going to cancel JKR. Um, Waiting for Fantastic Beasts to come on t to DVD before, you know, watching it. That's an easy way to for her to make less money. Mm -hmm. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and especially support queer creators. Mm -hmm. Support all the people like this podcast, like the fan fiction writers, like the artists that are creating their own narrative within the Harry Potter franchise. Find your favorite character that you wish was gay, trans, asexual. Find them. There's probably fan fiction already on them. Read it. Enjoy it. Spread it around. And if you are talented... Create it yourself. If you are an artist, this is your time to shine. Um, and queer, I love the way they said this. This is queer the fandom. Basically, make every character that you can possibly believe in the queer spectrum. And we're going to go into it later that there are multiple characters that can fall under this umbrella. It's not just Dumbledore and Grindelwald. We're going to put everyone under that umbrella because she never said it in the pages. Well, it's I'm not really going to talk about that next. Exactly. It's great. And the last thing that you can do is call J.K. Rowling out. Just like with the Black Lives Matters movement, don't stay silent if you have information. Call her out. Try to educate her. Try to educate her followers that believe this and speak for a lot of our trans women who are feeling personally attacked and probably traumatized by this and can't currently speak for themselves. So that is all we have to say about this currently. Adrian. So um, I just want to, like, I noticed that you used uh, the word queer. Um, I just want to 
remind everybody, um, the four of us are also not at fault in anything. We are all human. Uh, we make our mistakes. Um, and I actually personally asked if we could use queer as a kind of a substitute for LGBTQ+, because only because it is an easier uh, phrase to say. That umbrella being term. said, um, we're going to be using queer sort of as an umbrella term for that. Uh, I know I was kind of hesitant because it does have a very negative connotation sometimes. Um, and a lot of people in the queer community do not actually identify as queer. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted everyone to know that we're trying to do this as respectfully as possible. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if we are wrong in doing so, please, please, please call us out on it. Um, again, we're using it as an umbrella term, even though it does not necessarily apply to every single person in that community. We are going yeah. to use it as an umbrella term from here on out. Yeah, I will say I was always taught in class, like a lot of the literature used it as well as an umbrella term, because we were always taught like in the academic definition that it was just somebody who identifies as different. That was literally the definition. So all you had to do is like not adhere to the binary standard and you were like, that's it. That was the definition for it. So um, with that said, we are going to be moving on into a list of characters that we thought could be LGBT, um, could be queer. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so much easier to say. So, yes. Um, the first one we kind of already covered with our owl post, but honorable mention Ginny Weasley because we kind of already touched upon that. Yes. And I just, I just want to say, because we kind of got this from an article that was just kind of talking about like, 10 characters that fans would kind of see that were queer, yeah. but one that wasn't on the list that I always like, I didn't really understand what queer was when I was a kid, but I kind of just assumed he was possibly queer. Um, me specifically, I always thought he was asexual, but Charlie Weasley. Yes. Um, so there's a quote here that we've got um, where JKR, uh, I guess it was from an interview, but JKR says, uh, Charlie didn't have children or, or marriage. Um, and then someone's like, is he gay? And then she's like, Dumbledore is gay. I told the reader that once and I thought she was going to slap me, but I always saw Dumbledore is gay. Um, no, I don't think Charlie's gay, just more interested in dragons than women. I love um, that. My type of guy. Yeah. So <laughs> for those of you who might not know what asexual is, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but basically what asexual means is that you have no kind of sexual drive. You have no interest in that. Um, and there's a spectrum even within asexuality. Like, uh, some people are romantic and they're still asexual, um, and they just don't have sex or they just don't have any relationships at all. Um, and I just mm -hmm. really strongly felt that Charlie Weasley kind of like fit under that. I kind of believe that in my own mental world. Um, and I just wanted to kind of briefly mention that because I, even though he wasn't on the list, I specifically like hold on to that. I'm, I'm going to believe that. So yeah. it's, fine. <laughs> it's really funny because I think it is actually this conversation exchange that she actually announced publicly that Dumbledore is gay. Like this is the exchange. Um, oh yeah. It was this moment that Super everyone's like, big pin, by the way, super big. Pin. Yeah. Very mm -hmm. big pin. But I just think yeah. it was interesting that, like, she, in a way, unintentionally grouped them together. And mm -hmm. I was like, he's not gay, but, like, dragons are his thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I I love I'm just like Marianne. I'd like to think that Charlie's like my asexual best friend and he yeah. will have me and teach me how to take care of dragons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like so offensive to me. Why? Was I, was Jenny, I have you taken care of a dragon personally? Yes, a Komodo dragon. So <laughs> oh my lord. Yes, so I feel like I am offended that I wouldn't be the first choice to teach you how to take care of a dragon. Like, that's so rude. A magical dragon, Jenny. You unfortunately were not trained in Hungarian uh, tales. Have you not seen... Komodo dragons? Are they not magical enough? That's magic, sis. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> I, I, I do I, have a friend with a bearded dragon, and I, I'm obsessed with him. He's great. Her. Sorry. Oh, my God. So the anyway. sex of the bearded dragon is female. <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> Pronouns are important, guys. So, I just want to say, it, that whole kind of little exchange got me thinking, like, like, what if we just don't see these things because, like, Harry is our narrator? But then I was like, mm -hmm. nah, that's BS. Like, there should have been more queer people included in this literature, but we will get there. Yeah, that's a there big is. pin. That's a big pin. <laughs> but we're getting Get there, I it. <laughs> but let's Get move it. on down the list. All right. So then we've obviously already talked about Wolfstar, but we've got Remus and Sirius were also thrown into the list. And we've also spoken about Luna. Um, but the next one that's on the list is Draco Malfoy. Yes! yes. Obviously, okay. we got Drary, but what? Yes! What are you I'm just, I'm feeling a lot right now because <laughs> I feel like I'm always in one of two moods. Is I'm either in a serious mood or I'm either in a Ron mood. And girl, I don't know. My love for Draco grows every day, and I'm in a Draco kind of mood. Oh man, That's, I, he's just really becoming a favorite character of mine. I don't know why. Yeah, I That's actually it. that was that was that was the T. <laughs> that was the tweet. That was the T. That's all she had to say. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet that right now. Go ahead. Uh, while she tweets that. Um, I never thought of Draco under the queer umbrella. Like I never saw the dreary thing yeah. um, at all until I saw uh, Puffs and a Very Potter musical in which Draco both times was played by a female presenting actor. And it was great. It was phenomenal. And all of a sudden it, it was like, Things clicked into place. This makes sense. This makes sense. <laughs> Can't like I, I want him to be bisexual. I want him to love everybody because that means he can love me. That means he can love Adrian. That means he can love Fulanito down the street. I love it. I love well, it. Well, te technically, then you're talking about pansexual because bisexual just yes. means two genders. Thank you for the correction. We are all inclusive I'm, here. I'm still learning <laughs> my terms. It's okay. I'm Again, sorry. I know nothing about nothing, but sometimes I wasn't paying I'll know attention something. because I was tweeting. <laughs> so if you're listening to this episode, go back to our Twitter and you'll know at exactly what time that happened. <laughs> <laughs> All Somebody right. already liked it. What's I up, know Ariana? that was really fast. That's crazy. <laughs> it's Ariana, and I feel like now it's just tradition. I have to say it every episode. We love you, Ariana. Woohoo! All right, moving on. So then we've got. Albus Severus. Yes. And I'm also going to mention, because this is in relation to Albus Severus, is 
Scorpius Malfoy. And honestly, this one I can kind of dig. Scorpow, I do ship this. Yeah. I mean, I ship, again, I ship all the things, but this is one that when I was reading Cursed Childs, and even before I was reading Cursed Childs, I kind of like saw it and shipped it. It's so obvious. Yeah. Like, it's this just is, this is one that I honestly thought was like canon. I thought it was canon too. Because it is canon. The feelings are in the literature, guys. Yeah. yeah. We'll just say that because it's technically <laughs> Scorpius is all like, oh, Hank Rose. And I'm like, okay, that's Maybe what you're saying. He's now. Bisexual. <laughs> yeah. He could, be, he could be bisexual. He could be pansexual. We don't know. But I don't know. I think that's just temporary feelings. Adrian, did that's you not read Cursed Child? I did read Cursed Child. Um, 100% saw Albus Scorpius. Okay. That is a ship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't see, honestly, I didn't see Draco under the, under the umbrella, just like Elizabeth said. But Scorpius, 100%. I can't Even believe that you is, guys can't see Draco under the umbrella. Not that I, I really can't. It's just that at the time, at the time oh. that I read it, I want to clarify. Okay. Um, at the time that I read it, did not see it. But Cursed Child, I fully expected a like an explicit relationship between Me the two. Me too. I was waiting the whole time. I'm like, is this yeah. book gonna end with like a kiss at the end with them holding hands walking off into the sunset? Because I'm about it. I'm Especially about it. if you have seen the play, there's this yes! one moment where whoa, oh, oh my gosh. goodness, you're like, that's literally it's like five minutes of just they're longing. They're longing for each other. They long. They just long for five minutes. It's so good. Don't I you can't. love when Elizabeth and Marianne talk about stuff that we can't do? I, I, but the, you know, there's probably people out there that have seen it and they understand. Exactly. I'm, never, I'm never going <laughs> to stop being salty about the cursed child or about the studio tour. Just oh, Jenny, Jenny, do you petty. remember? Do you remember when Elizabeth called Draco a mediocre character? I what? <laughs> I am a fan of the podcast. Sometimes I listen to this podcast. I'm a fan. Wow, Adrian, we're gonna have some words. We're gonna have some words, my friend. What are you gonna call him mediocre too? <gasps> no, I can't do that. He's my bestie. No. Um, thank you, Adrian, for reminding me of that because I said <laughs> I wouldn't let it go, and I've got to keep it right here. I got you. Thank I can't. Let's move on, please. Oh my god. So the next character on the list, which you know, I didn't see until kind of like now, Minerva McGonagall. Me too. Uh, I saw her on the list. Yeah. And I was like, for real though. Yeah, kind of. Like, even though her story is a sad one and she kind of like had romance for a hot second there, and I was like, Yes, get it. Like, who knows? Like, she could be on the spectrum. Like, mm -hmm. yes, get it. Get it. And maybe that's you, you never know. You never know. The next one I feel strongly about, and I ne like I probably could like if you were to tell me like younger, and I would have been like, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. But I I don't know. It's crazy to me. Tonks. Yes. Oh no. Like, yeah. Oh, I see that one. I, that that one you know sure makes sense. When I, I, was I did reading say, I did say earlier that when I was reading them, I didn't see too much of like the queer. This was this was it. It was Tonks. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I still love Tonks and um, Remus, but nah. doesn't mean she can't be part of the spectrum, even if she's in, you know, 
a heterosexual couple. Welcome I to the three it. broom chicks where we literally just take everybody in Harry Potter and make them pansexual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone is pansexual. But to be fair, like, just better that way. To be fair, everyone in a like heterosexual passing relationship doesn't necessarily mean that they are heterosexual. She exactly. could be bisexual. She could be pansexual. It just happens to be with Remus. Yes. I just think that the books are wrong. And I think that Tom <laughs> is like off doing whatever else. And I think Sirius and Remus are a thing. And that's just my life. I will say, like, I I totally thought that Tonk's like first introduction, I was like, oh my God, are we about to have a lesbian here? Like, <gasps> I was so excited. And then like I saw like the inkling of like the Remus, and I was like, okay, whatever. She's bi. I don't but know how you guys picked up on all this stuff. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel I feel like her character screams it. And I was actually really upset when her and Remus got together. No, so I'm, talking about, I'm talking I was like, about the oh. her and Remus thing. What? I, I feel Remus. like literally all of this took no, me by surprise. Yeah, like, I was I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. Like her and Remus's relationship took me by surprise completely. Yeah. And it wasn't I've until I think like in Deathly Hollows that I started like liking them two together. But from the very beginning, I was like, whoa, this came time. out of left field. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that with literally everything. Ron and Hermione, super out of left field. I feel like Jennifer. Took me. I'm so oblivious to everything. Okay, maybe not Ron and Hermione. That I, was, I feel like it took that's me a stretch. A You're reaching for the monkey bars again. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hermione was always like, No, I feel like my first inkling, like legitimately, you guys, was probably like book number five. And I was like, yo, like, why is Ron so angry about this guy? No, book four. I'd be like, why is Ron so angry about this kind of stuff? And then Marianne book comes here one. with her Alfonso aesthetic. And I'm like, book three, what? And then she's also like, P.S. Chamber of Secrets. And I'm like, what? Book one, Book ladies one. and gentlemen. Romani was always meant to be. I had no inkling whatsoever. No. And listen, I ship, and listen, I ship all the things, but there is no <laughs> messing with Romani. I'm, I'm not finish. trying to mess with it. I believe in a super hardcore. I'm just saying. You were just shipping Jerry. <laughs> you were. It's like, I don't know. They just they they take me out of out of surprise. I guess. I don't wow, know. Jenny, you're amazing. It takes me a while to catch on. <laughs> it's like that in real life too. Speaking of which, so the last person on this list is Harry Potter himself. Wow. What? That one to I, me came out of left field. I yeah. was not expecting that. I feel like this one for me, if he was under the spectrum, I would hope he was just queer. Like he just came out as queer. And he's like, you listen, I'm not putting labels on it. I just <laughs> love who I love and I'm different, yo. And that's how I see it in my brain. Sickle. Brain sickle. Yeah. I feel like you just described Brendan Yuri. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is Brendan Yuri. You're welcome. <laughs> Wait, I think Brendan Yuri is pansexual, but anyways, he is, he is, he is. But Harry he can, out, Harry can still be Brendan Yuri. He came out with a tweet, very like what you said. <laughs> yeah, no, you know who is, um, and this is kind of the person that I learned that queer is an umbrella term, and it's just kind of like 
I'm different and you know, I'm not putting a label on it. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this. I'm a huge YouTube fan. So old YouTube. Um, if you remember Dan and Phil. No. Okay. Well, they were big British YouTubers. They're both obviously fall under the queer spectrum, but I believe, oh my God, please like Stan Twitter, don't kill me. I think it's Dan <laughs> that came out. Oh my God. Or is it Phil? Maybe I have to freaking do a live Google. But one of them <laughs> came out as queer. And like I watched his coming out video and he like he's talking about his whole story. And really at the end, he's just like, I'm queer. And that's it. And I was like, you can just do that. Like you can just say you're queer. And it worked. And I was like, wow, I learned something new today. And that's who I learned that from. It's Phil. I, it's Phil? Yeah. Okay, I hope Thank so. Thank you, Jenny, for the live Google. I yeah. mean, that's a very shallow live Google, <laughs> but yeah, it appears to be Phil. <laughs> I hope. Oh, wait. Oh, God, please. No, it's Dan Howell. You are, it's it Dan. Is. It's Dan. It's Dan. I'm sorry. It's fine. Wow, I was right the first time. I should have just gone with my instinct. It's hashtag fine. Hashtag alleged facts. Alleged <laughs> facts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw that. I saw the picture of his face, and then I was like, "Yes, Dan." Well, the Dan. first link that comes up is Phil, but then as you scroll, it's definitely Dan. No, it's definitely Dan. I think I could be wrong. This is a legend, but I think Phil like just came out as a gay man, which yes. is, I guess, different. I don't know, but I know <laughs> I learned the term queer from Dan. Amazing. Okay. Yes. So the whole, I think, like the whole contrast between the list of people that we just gave you that could have been under the queer umbrella is really there to give you the very stark contrast of actual LGBTQ plus characters in the books. So, All right. Let me jump in with a long list here. <laughs> so many people in the Harry Potter universe that are queer. So many. Hold Tell on. Me who? Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> Okay, all right, cool. Gather Grindelwald. All right, yeah, who else? Oh, was that it? Was that it? was that the end of that list? Let me, let, let me let me keep scrolling. Let me keep scrolling. <laughs> Squints really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. Ah! And okay, and I have so. a question about that list. Were oh. were any of those did you read that? Like, did you get those facts from the book oh, themselves? This is exactly where I am going. Thank you, Adrian. <laughs> okay. Hashtag so. segue. Is that a, is that a segue? I think it would be a segue. segue. Ooh. You must listen to us. Oh my God, you're the first person to like not be an official broom chick. That's like introduce a hashtag. Yeah. Ooh. I'm so proud. I'm, I'm hashtag DED dead. <laughs> <laughs> So hashtag segue, uh, I feel like it's super problematic that JK Rowling does this because I feel like she's trying to have her cake and eat it too. You can't just write books and be like, yeah, everybody come love my books. And then just be like, oh, wow, look, this whole new audience of people. How can I cater to them when I've already written these books? And then you could be like, hey, guys, Dumbledore is gay. And then you're like, what? That's crazy. That's so relatable. How about you actually write that into the literature? Like, wouldn't that be so much more useful? Like, wouldn't representation be so much nicer? Wouldn't diversity be an important thing to include? That's it. That's my two cents. Yep. I'm going to go in there because here I am, my whole debate teacher self, and give you a few counterpoints. 
Um, some of them I kind of agree with. Some of them I'm just, I want to kind of take, like put it out there and see what you guys feel. But um, I like put two, it could be a twofold argument, threefold argument if you really wanted to get nitpicky. But I do want to take you back kind of similar to what I did in the very Potter musical episode. For those of you who have listened to it, um, I kind of like, took you back into the mindset of when that happened back in 2009. And I'm going to kind of do the same thing with when Harry Potter was written, right? So um, J.K. Rowling didn't start reading, um, or sorry, writing uh, the Harry Potter stories until the 90s, right? So in the UK, um, not a lot of people know this. And when I mean a lot of people, I mean me included. Um, especially if we are American and this wasn't really necessarily our government, um, homosexuality was actually still illegal up until 1994. That's when I was born, y'all. Um, so again, like I mentioned already, JK Rowling didn't start writing these books until 1990. So for four years after she was writing these books, homosexuality was illegal. You could literally get arrested to, you know, if you came out. Um, the world was more, um, open-minded. I'm going to say that to the queer community in comparison to the 1970s and 1980s. Like if you compare it to then, um, yeah, sure. They were open-minded, but it's still not as open-minded, um, as the world needed to go. Right. So we do not live in the same world that existed in the 1990s is what I'm basically trying to say. Imagine being like a new writer who's already having issues of her own, trying to successfully publish your book, but you're just like too afraid of becoming too controversial and fear that you might miss out on an opportunity. Um, not to say that someone shouldn't fall into fear, very important, um, but again, it was a different time when she was writing these books. And that's just kind of, and that's just how the UK was doing in terms of LGBTQ plus rights. Cause if you also look in America, because this one, like, at least we have experience with, um, it, um, in around 1998, uh, Ellen, who is a huge queer icon, um, actually lost her whole TV show, um, just because she came out. Um, and this was eight years after JK Rowling had just started writing the book. So if you then compare UK to America's culture, when it comes to the queer rights, like we were even farther behind than the United Kingdom. Um, so that's kind of like my first kind of big counterpoint. Um, the next counterpoint is that kind of like relate to each other is that writers write what they know. And this one I kind of have issues with because um, as for someone who like likes to say I'm not a writer, but like I write for hobbies. Like I like to write a, you know, short fictional story every so often. Um, I don't like to think that that's completely true because as a writer that limits you, like that you can only write what you know and that's it. And as I've already stated many times, I know nothing. So what do I write about, right? Um, but I can kind of understand if she didn't want to outright claim a character as gay, if she wasn't completely educated on the community. Um, I know that would be my biggest fear as a writer that I didn't do enough research to kind of like portray someone the right way. Um, and not only that, not being just speaking educated in the community, but how would that affect the character's ethos? So basically how they would approach a situation, um, their intentions, how to write that character, like how would they sound? How would they feel? How would they, you know, uh, just all of that. And then also not every queer person is the same. 
we talk a lot about, you know, this is an umbrella term. Um, everyone is on the spectrum. Um, so I don't know, think of it as like, if you're writing someone as a gay, gay character in itself could also be problematic because should we be defined, shouldn't we be defined for all of our complexities and not just be defined for one of our traits, like being gay or having autism or being Latinx, et cetera. Like, otherwise, I don't know, for me, that can also lead into a really dangerous area of like creating a one dimensional character. Like the one that I think about like one dimensional characters and is like, that character is like completely racist. If you've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, um, I do not remember the the character's name, but it was clearly the a only Asian character in the movie. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he's a very one dimensional character. Let's not even talk about how that was a white man playing an Asian yeah, role. Yeah, that's not, that's not even, yet. <laughs> let's not even touch that. But on top of that, he was very one dimensional. You know, like someone, I'm going to speak on, on my behalf, like on my knowledge, like I am a Latinx person. I am a Latina, but the way I'm a Latina is very different from an Afro-Latina is very different from a Hispanic that literally lives in Spain, like a Hispanic that's from literally like born and bred in the, in the Caribbean, because though I come from Cuban descent, I was not born in Cuba. So mm -hmm. I, it in itself, like my, Latin experience is very different from anybody else's. So yeah, those are just kind of like all my counterpoints. I 100% thought of your last counterpoint and I actually had it in the doc and then I erased it because my point wasn't so much about that specific. So what I'm trying to say is I feel like representation does matter. And I feel like yeah. all of us can agree on that. Like mm -hmm. Seeing Latin people on TV growing up, like legitimately think of your idols growing up. The only Latin person that I can think of is Jennifer Lopez. That's all I had to cling to until like George Lopez had a show on Nickelodeon that aired at night. Like that's literally <laughs> the Latin people that I was seeing on TV. And I was like, wow, what the heck? Right. So my point of view was more coming from that perspective. Like, I mean, like Adrian said, when he was first reading the books, like he didn't find anybody that he identified with. And now all these years later, she's going to go back and be like, oh, but actually, by the way, like Dumbledore's gay. And I feel like it's not OK for her to have brought that up because I understand your point of saying like she may not have been able to do enough research or she may not have wanted to misrepresent that community or that, you know, she wanted to write the character correctly. But you can't have your cake and eat it, too. So if you didn't want to do that when you were writing the book, then you can't come back in 2007 and be like, oh, P.S. Like, I've always thought this. Like, it's totally chill. So I feel like it's just problematic on both ends of the stick, really, because you're not giving anybody representation. But then you're coming out and you're saying this and you're not standing as an ally for that community either. Mm -hmm. But again, we are in, living in a really different world. Back in the 1990s, there weren't there weren't allies I totally like that. I get that you but could, then don't come out in 2007 and say that you could have left it alone and this would have never been a thing like she could have just left it alone and then everybody would have been like well that was a time that it was written in and it wouldn't have been so problematic yeah yeah i was actually just about to say exactly that jenny there are tons of writers like if i look at my bookshelves I can count on my fingers the amount of gay characters, the amount of queer characters, even less the amount of trans characters that are in my books. And if 
anyone were to step into my room right now, I currently have over 300 books in here. So I, I have quite a collection. And yet there are probably five or less queer people represented in all of these books. But the majority of these books were written 2005 and earlier. Not all of these authors have come out and been like, oh, by the way, that one character I wrote about in the 90s or the 80s or the 50s, they were gay. They were totally gay. I just never said it. But you can see them as gay. I mean, I, I really do feel like if she just like left it and kind of like do let us do what we needed to do. If we wanted to see and we needed to see Dumbledore as gay, then let us do that. N like, uh, I was say something after Adrian. I think Adrian had a, a point. Yes. Yeah. So, um, a hundred percent representation matters. It needs to be. Yeah. Everyone needs to be represented in some way or another. It's hard to do that, especially during that time where it's uh, more frowned upon to have those kinds of characters. Um, but the fact that she said she always thought of Dumbledore as gay and everything like that, um, it doesn't have to be such, like Marianne said, a one-dimensional character. If you outright, if you had it like a scene where he came out and then suddenly that's the only thing that he stands for, mm -hmm. which kind of like a double-edged sword. It's a good thing that the representation is there, but at the same time becomes very one-dimensional. That's the only thing you can focus on when, in fact... Uh, the gay community and the queer community have a lot more to offer than just their sexuality. Yeah. Um, that being said, there's also a way to do it. If she had that always in her mind, she could easily kind of have maybe not Dumbledore, such a, a huge character in the series, maybe a lesser character who still is obviously queer, who is, is explicitly queer. Um, but maybe might be kind of more in the background because for at that time, it's still a form of representation. It's a little more liberal with it, and it's a little more... Um, you don't have to have that kind of fear of not getting your book published because mm -hmm. Albus Dumbledore is the gay icon, yeah. basically. Yeah. But yeah. someone, like, for example, that um, that my boyfriend actually brought up, Oliver Wood. Yes! He's yeah. still a very important character, but he's, as far as the plot goes, yeah. he's not really essential. So mm -hmm. if you had someone like him... Um, as a queer character who's explicitly queer, it mm -hmm. wouldn't be to the point that it was, she wouldn't have to fear that her book wasn't going to be published because of that one character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, my last point before we move on, um, because I, or Jenny, you have a point? I do after you. Ooh. No, well, my point is just to say that, well, it's kind of like broken up into two points. One, um, as a, like, again, not a writer professional, but whenever I'm, I'm writing and I have like some kind of like, I'm trying to build the character in my mind. Sometimes there's stuff about the character that I can't include immediately in the story just because there's not really a relevant way to bring it up. However, something that Adrian said, I'm putting a pin because I do kind of mention something about how she could have gone about it in a better way for everyone around. So I'm just gonna, I'm, that's all I'm gonna say, pin, until I get to it. Okay. Okay. I was just gonna say that I understand the viewpoint completely that like, 
had she had Dumbledore come out like in the literature that that would have been the only thing that people latched on to. But I feel like we're talking about a woman who literally created a world from nothing. Like it was all in her mind. She's obviously a creative person. So I don't feel like Dumbledore needed like a coming out scene. Like I don't think that it, I don't even think that it needed to be like explicitly stated, but like Marianne said, like from book one, Marianne was like, Ron and Hermione, this is a thing. So if she always thought as Dumbledore being gay, then why not give us some like subtlety or give us something in the literature that could have helped us like kind of match up when she came out in 2007 and said that like there's just really nothing there. And that's just I feel like she could have gone about it in a soft, subtle, creative sort of way. Like we know that she's capable of at least doing that. So I felt like it was just kind of a cop out. Liz, I find it very interesting that Deathly Hollows was published in 2007 as well, which is which correlates with when she said that Dumbledore was gay, and that is the only book that we get an inkling, inkling that True. he might be gay with Gellert Grindelwald, yeah, and that them they had a relationship together in the past. Again, it is not explicit. It is very much an inkling. Like, I suspected something when I was reading Deathly Hollows, but I wouldn't be surprised if she released this statement in preparation for Deathly Hollows' release. So that way people actually paid attention to that subtlety. If you catch my drift. I don't know. I This might just be me reaching for the monkey bars. But it's gonna be our new thing. Reaching. Because I because again, like I'm a heterosexual female, cisgender woman, whatevs. But I think the scene where he's like eating the every every flavored Bernie Bots, I can never say them honestly. I can never Bernie say that. Every, every flavor, flavor beans. beans. That when he's eating that, I think that was a little like flair when he says it but that's just me i don't know i Uh, again marianne is like marianne is like it's not that he ate the beans it's the way he ate the the beans the way he was like "Mm, what was the what was the one that the the one that he ate grass earwax alas earwax like i don't know that's just me i will say i do feel like uh, Richard Harris did, and I he obviously did it unknowingly because yeah, the movies came out in the early two thousands. But like he he brought out a little flair. queerness without even flair. knowing it. It was like he he had a kinship with him, and that is why he's forever my Dumbledore. Just saying. Okay, first of all, you can't just use things to support your argument that he's forever your Dumbledore. We are literally <laughs> talking about this man eating a jelly bean. Yes. <laughs> What has this podcast come to? I can't deal with this right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Let's continue on because I'm really on. excited yeah. to get to my pin later. I, yes. know. I really want to move into Fantastic Beasts. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Fantastic Beasts is our current franchise that's out. That's still the storyline that we have pending. And it is the storyline, the T, in which the fandom is waiting to finally see Dumbledore explicitly in a relationship with Johnny Depp. 
Yes. <laughs> She's like, with Johnny Depp. With Johnny Depp. <laughs> Can't forget Johnny Depp. Jude Law and Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh I my mean, God. I hashtag, hold but also Jude Law. <laughs> hashtag Jude Law. Elizabeth, you're going to have to give us at least 10 seconds. That's the best decision uh, that anyone in the Harry Potter fandom ever made. Jude Good Law. Law. All right. Adrian, what are your feelings on Jude Law? That he's a perfect human yeah, being. Yeah, there's no other feelings. <laughs> we will cut you out of this podcast right now. <laughs> I mean, they both said it for me. Yeah! It's, it's, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But wait, this is the moment of truth. Have you ever watched The Holiday? I have watched The Holiday. Do you enjoy Mr. Napkinhead? I saw The Holiday a long time ago and it was once in theaters. Yes! So I don't remember. Mr. Napkinhead! Amazing. This is why... When I saw the movie, I didn't even know who Jude Law was. It wasn't until years later that I realized Jude Law was in the movie. Amazing. Amazing. He's an angel. He's an angel face. <laughs> angel face. That's my sexuality. Do it long. Okay. I can I can relate to that. Oh I can identify them with my that. My goodness. Okay. So while I douse my co-host with cold water, <laughs> we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna furry focus. On Dumbledore and Grindelwald's in Fantastic Beasts. Okay. I so, <laughs> ladies, control yourselves. Yeah. I'm sorry. David Yates, uh, the director of the Fantastic Beasts franchise and the Whoa. last three movies of Harry Potter, told Entertainment Weekly that um, the, the recent movie that just came out, The Crimes of Grindelwald, would not make it explicitly clear that Dumbledore is gay. And obviously the fandom at that moment reacted very strongly and mainly negatively. Um, I will say that after the movie came out, I definitely saw inklings of their relationship with the movie. Again, it's not explicit, but I don't, I personally don't think that that was the movie to make it explicit just yet. I feel like they still needed to like build up that, momentum that mountain um and you know suspense it's story writing right and you know i i really think movie number three i'm hoping will be the one where we movie see number it. three should be directed by alfonso Cuarón. yes, yes. <laughs> okay well yeah go. i just got i was also upset when i oh my god you my lose voice. your voice every you episode. <laughs> I did. I got choked up because I started thinking of Alfonso and what he could have done for the <laughs> fandom. So I just get really upset because aside from literally, like just aside from everything else, if you didn't want to argue that Dumbledore and his feelings for Grindelwald are literally like the giant plot point of the series. Like it's so large. <laughs> But it just makes me upset because we get all that backstory about Dumbledore and Grindelwald and we get all that angsty, angsty stuff happening. And what's really coloring his judgment throughout movie two of the Fantastic Beasts series is his love for this man. Literally, the love in the little trinket. So I just don't understand. Like, they made it so abundantly clear without making it explicit. Like, why not just make it explicit? It's so dumb. 
But that's just my opinion. And that was my point too. It's very, they're still tiptoeing around the fact that he is gay. And that I think, again, I don't want it to turn into a one dimensional character. So a whole like coming out scene or something like that is not necessary. We know the character, at least that one specific character, Dumbledore and Grindelwald, they know. Um, nobody else, especially at the time, uh, the time period that the movie takes place, really needs yeah. to know. That's true. That being said, it's still very tiptoey. And that one scene that they have together, the the flashback, mm-hmm. that was the moment to kind of show it off. And even that was a little bit, yes, it was the inkling, but it was a little bit, they weren't brave enough. So this is my really big pin. And it might be kind of a counterpoint again, but also I'm going to fight someone if it doesn't go my way. And you guys kind of <laughs> kind of already mentioned it a little bit, but while we're on this subject, I'm just going to say I'm still kind of holding on to hope because we are still only on the second Fantastic Beast movie. There's still three other movies to come. Um, so because of that, I'm going to be hopeful and I'm going to keep a positive mind. Um, we as an audience, I'm going to say this, we as an audience know of Dumbledore and Grindelwald's relationship. Again, not by literature, by J.K. Rowling's words during an interview. But, and I, I wrote this in the Google Doc, if J.K. or anyone doesn't screw it up, um, I think they could potentially use the omission of this information and just kind of like the hint at it and not that explicit detail um, of this information as a plot device um, to maybe this is and this is more so like what uh, me trying to figure out what they could possibly be using it as a plot device, uh, but they could probably be using that to maybe undermine Dumbledore's authority. Um i.e. maybe the ministry finds out the true nature of the relationship and therefore they lose trust in Dumbledore um, once more. And then there's another split within the good guys, um, kind of like what we saw in Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, I know if you are one of our patrons, you've kind of already seen my whole like rant of <laughs> what um, that like Dumbledore was really mistrusted by the ministry because they knew he had some connection to Grindelwald. They didn't know what exactly what it was, but they had a mistrust in him. So I feel like they could possibly play that up even more so. Um, however, we could also argue and say that based off what we know as canon in Deathly Hallows, um, it wasn't common knowledge to the world of Dumbledore and Grindelwald's real relationship until Rita Skeeter wrote the biography, um, which kind of like gives me a little bit of fear. But again, that in Deathly Hallows, like we don't know the true nature of the relationship until that biography kind of exposes Dumbledore, right? Um, so I still don't want to, I still want to believe that they're saving the info as a plot device because that would be such good plot. But anyways, um, otherwise, my... <laughs> If this doesn't happen and <laughs> and David Yates and J.K. Rowling never find a way to touch on this, um, I just would be highly disappointed and possibly find it problematic. Like, I know Adrian obviously mentioned that, like, there doesn't have to be a coming out scene because then, you know, that goes back into the whole, well, then you're making his character one dimensional. Um because and I, I agree with that, obviously. I don't want to sacrifice his character and the complexities of Dumbledore. Um, and I and I can also say that like Dumbledore's story isn't just 
that he's gay, right? Um, and we want to idea, ideally, we want to normalize that no matter like who you love, love is love. And that's, I think, the whole point of all of this, right? Is that you can be who you are, that you feel who you are, and you can love whoever you feel you want to love. Um, but I just feel like it could be a huge opportunity missed. And I say that in complete calmness because I would be really pissed if they didn't take advantage, like obviously in a, in a good, in the best way that honors uh, the queer community. But I think it would be a, a really big opportunity missed out uh, because even if it was just simple, like Dumbledore and you are just talking about the nature of Grindelwald and Dumbledore's relationship and you didn't have to be, Oh my God, you're gay. Like it doesn't have to be like that, but it can kind of be like, it's, it's coming out because he never really says it. But he's, they're talking about it and they're normalizing it. And they're just like, oh, so that's why you can't fight him because you used to love him. And that's okay. That's exactly like, what I was going to say. It's not, it's not putting all this like focus on, oh my God, Dumbledore's gay. And it's more putting the focus on, oh my God, you were in love with an actual villain. Like I think they could have a scene like that mm -hmm. between Dumbledore and Newt. And that would be... That yes. would make all that's happen. exactly what I was gonna say. That's it would be bomb. It would be such a fire scene if they just did that and like yeah. it was like totally chill and nonchalant. That's exactly what I've been wanting this whole time. Absolutely. So I, I, I don't know. Like I, it, it's not correct. Probably the way that J.K. Rowling went about it back in two thousand seven. But if it leads up to that scene, I'd be happy. <laughs> I'd be okay. I'd that, be like, okay. That, that's the witchcraft, sis. <laughs> that's the witchcraft, sis. Tell and, us, Adrian. And I think? also think, like, I mean, I think that Newt or like even the other wizards at the time, like, it wouldn't be such a big deal. They don't need a huge coming nothing because it's not a big oh. deal. Because especially for wizards at that time, mm -hmm. what was more important was blood status. If you're yeah. going to think about, you know, which quote unquote race is better or which whatever there's a mm -hmm. whole kind of civil war going on within the wizarding world um sexuality is the farthest things from their mind absolutely so that's just me like oh you're queer all right that's I mean, fine but are you pure blood are you mixed like that yes, kind of thing it's gonna be what's more yeah. important to them at the time yeah i'm gonna say like there were wicks and by the way i never mentioned this at the episode but i learned this from hp stan twitter i learned this from um <laughs> hp tumblr but wicks <laughs> Um, actually is a gender neutral term for uh, like just magical people. So Ooh. instead of just assuming that people are uh, witches or wizards, the uh, HP com uh, community kind of uses that blanket umbrella term, Wix, um, for magical people. So I learned um, something new today. Me too. Yes, it's nice. I, I think it's like short for Wixen, but basically like I, I think – since we've seen that obviously there are some wicks that are having relationships with giants and with villas and you know with werewolves and stuff like that like they're already you know having relationships with other types of species <laughs> i don't think they're gonna have a big issue with sexuality but the scene guys i i want that dumbledore nude scene hire me hire me warner brothers you can take it <laughs> I won't take too much money from you. <laughs> My God. Just give me that scene. All right, kids. I think wow. that's it. I think that's a Whoa. beautiful note to end on. Adrian, do you have like any final thoughts or anything? Yeah, tell us. So 
as as Jenny said at the, be- at the beginning of the episode, it, there's oh, you not. Said my name. I did say your name. You're welcome. <laughs> um, at first glance, it doesn't seem that there's too much uh, diversity in uh, the Wizarding World, but there's still you can still see yourself in a lot of characters, and that goes mm-hmm. for everybody. That goes for myself. That goes for somebody mm-hmm. who does fall under that queer umbrella. People who don't. Um, so I want to say that if you are under that umbrella, if you are, even if you don't know, there's such, there's such a thing as questioning as well. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's okay. It's completely okay to be questioning and to be, and to be queer and to not be queer. It's all very okay. And at the end of the day, it does get better. Um, so please reach out. We live in a time that the world is getting smaller thanks to the internet. So there's always something you can reach out to. If you ever feel alone, you are not. Trust me, I know from experience, especially in the last two, three years, um, there is a little bit of everything in the world and you are not alone. So reach yes. out to someone if you feel like you need to. It does get better. Oh, thanks, Adrian. We love to I'm not an emotional you. person. I'm, I'm like Jenny. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just here, man. <laughs> I'm just here, man. I'm existing. And I'm That's here, like, about to cry. Because <laughs> it's just, like, this is reminding me of, like, all of our history and, like, everything we've been through. Oh, as, like, my friends. God. Are you really going to cry right now? Yeah. She's, She's actually shedding tears. I want to give backstory to I know Elizabeth's an emotional person, but for all you listeners out there, Elizabeth is the first person I ever came out to. And, and it was at the time that I was questioning. <laughs> now I so. am going to cry. Oh, here we go. And also, Marianne talked about in a previous episode, her boyfriend does not play for her team. Guess what, guys? I am <laughs> that boyfriend. <laughs> Stop it! I forgot I said that! <laughs> and I'm just here. Yes, he is. And my oh, best no. boyfriend. I love you. And Jenny's here. The way I came out to her, I was like, hey, I'm gay. Okay, cool. That's how it should be. <laughs> I think that's actually literally how when I was like lit dude <laughs> like- it, was, it was a text I remember it was a text was like, okay cool I appreciate you you trust me with that cool. that's it <laughs> that's exactly it. what it was <laughs> I love it oh my god that's amazing <laughs> Adrian I hate you because I literally cried listen if you hated everything that made you cry you'd be a very angry individual that's true, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag facts hashtag facts Hashtag everything makes me sad. Hashtag that's all for today, kids. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you learned something with our hashtag segues and our hashtag transitions. You can follow us on Instagram at the three broom chicks. You can also follow us on Twitter at the number three broom chicks. And go like our Facebook page, the three broom chicks, and make sure to catch us next time because, believe it or not, it's our one year anniversary at the end of the month, everyone. I might cry. I'm just kidding. It it has been a very cursed year for us, but it has been a fun year, and we are going to celebrate (laughs) it by celebrating the end of school year at Hogwarts. Which is basically when all the crap hits the fan, everyone. We're going to be talking about the infamous month of June in HP World. Stay tuned. (laughs) And as always, we are the... 
three broomsticks. And magic is love. Love is magic. Love is love. But it's also hashtag Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs>